Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the Fleta and Shock Championship skins, anxiety and gaming, and new moves from Overwatch League players. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic week of Believe in Overwatch League. Hopefully, y'all are having some good weeks yourselves outside of listening to us babble on for an hour or so. Um, how have you been, Kevin? Have you been having a, a fantabulous time in the uh, northern wilds of California? Uh, yeah, it, it's been it's been pretty uh, pretty interesting. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> but yeah it, it's been interesting i've been working on drawing a lot more uh i've been working on a video that hopefully i should have out uh on my new channel by the first week of april that's what i'm aiming for um so coming up um i would also say i've been playing a lot of friday night funkin have you ever have you <laughs> have you heard of that game no please tell me what it is <clears throat> okay so it's it's old really old so like friday night funkin was made originally on newgrounds if you remember what newgrounds was you're old oh yep uh, yep. yep but essentially it's like a ddr game uh esque game that you play on your keyboard um but the music is just like popping uh so i was i've been playing that for like on and off for like a couple hours every day um and that that's been it it's it's just been like dance pop electro music um trying to get people ready for a valorant tournament that's happening this weekend um sadly those will not be online live but they will be available through um the sponsor uh which happens to be red bull so we'll be able to spread that out once it once it happens so you can hear me cast or analyze i don't know where they're putting me yet so um, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, how about you, Matt? How, how's everything going down down south? <laughs> down in the, the southern wilds of Los Angeles County, um, things are going all right. Um, I had to wake up at 9 a.m. this morning because I had a, a meeting with um, Wondry. I thought I got enough sleep. I did not. It was so tiring. And then now I have to like, I'm, I'm probably gonna have to buy a new laptop because of everything they need me to do and, and download and whatnot. So that's going to be fun for my wallet. <laughs> I also watched the Snyder cut of the justice league and I thought it was so much better than the original version. Have you seen either of them? No, I haven't. Okay. You can skip the justice league, which is the 2017 version by Joss Whedon. It's kind of, straight garbage um and all the production woes that went behind that are are a whole story unto itself but uh the snyder cut it's four hours and like two minutes long or something like that it it there are times when it feels like it's dragging especially in the beginning um but overall i think the things that they added back or or changed or um restored make the story a lot better uh they could probably have cut out a good half hour to a full hour of it and still been, but overall I think it's a huge improvement and I'm very sad that Warner brothers is deciding not to continue with the Snyderverse Cause it would have been really cool. When was the last time you watched them, Kevin? It has been a while. Like I've probably only glanced at a couple of them. I uh-huh. mean, I watched the Ash one. Uh, when we had um Valixi on, yeah, on, yeah, so that's it. Like that was that was the last one that I saw. So I I went and watched them all. There's a couple of videos on YouTube that people have compiled them all. Um, and two of them, uh, or two of the ones included in the one that I watched, are uh, Heroes of the Storm stuff with Genji and Hanzo. So, um, guess how long that is? Like with all of those shorts together, including the Heroes of the Storm ones. Oh wait, I, I muted myself. Whoops. <laughs> I want to go drink water. <laughs> I don't want it, all the gushing noises to be on here. Um, but yeah, I was saying like each one is about 
five to seven minutes probably uh and i would think that it would probably make about an hour and a half of of content probably like a short short movie i would think okay hour and a half final answer uh, i'm gonna say an hour and a half two and a half hours wow okay because <laughs> this includes solid this includes like the winston intro video for the game this includes like the announced trailer this is like everything overwatch that has come out so all told it's two and a half hours long so one thing that i noticed that was interesting for me so you know the the short with uh when they're in the museum with the the two kids right and the the doomfist gauntlet yeah one thing i noticed is that like there, there's a video that they play in like an intro video that you would have like if you were in the museum you would have watched where it shows like the history of overwatch and one thing i noticed is that lucio is included in like the montage of heroes that are part of overwatch so is has that been established is he a was he officially part of overwatch i didn't think so i don't think so <laughs> is this another is this another michael chu special that we it have? might just be like a he was the cool design let's put him in here kind of thing uh we need some more green on this canvas <laughs> can we just smear some lucio on it uh sure so i i guess that's what they went with yeah so that that's something that i noticed like what he's like he's not he's not officially part of overwatch he just he fits in the lore as a foil for symmetra and she doesn't like even have anything to do with the official overwatch organization so i mean we know that he's part of the rio mission in the new in overwatch 2 coming up so maybe he has some ties we just don't know about and they haven't told us yet so so out of all the shorts like which would you say is your favorite Mm. i mean i like dragons not not just because it's like you know genji and hanzo but also because like there's an insanely good meme cut of it uh so i I would say explain this what meme cut okay so I'll, i'll go find it essentially like um it is just like a bunch of like memes thrown into the original dragons one like when genji lands it just makes the xbox startup sound there's just like uh <laughs> the 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 dragon is wiggly um, there, it, it was just hilarious it, it was a thing that we would watch and reference to all the time i'll send this over to you but honestly like I think that all the all of them were good on their own. It's just a matter of which ones you resonate with the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the dragons. I liked um, it's called dank dragons. It's called dank dragons. Yeah, it's just too good. Uh, oh uh, dear, it, they, they were all solid. Um, so I uh, just really quickly, I I I clicked on the link you sent me, and then it opened up an ad playing low, like <laughs> low, low. So I was yeah. at the park with my dog earlier, and there's like a bunch of five year olds running around singing that song. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's so it's like, wait, you're five. Why are you singing this song? It's about being up in a club and then shorty having that apple bottom jeans. Yeah. Oh no. Oh god, the memes are already starting. Oh yeah, Naruto. It- it's right off the bat. Right, right off the bat. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah, this, this, this is a great. I'm great I'm part. gonna watch this later when we're not casting. But oh my god, I did not know this existed. Yeah, th- this guy does a lot of really solid videos too. Um, he, I think he's got one for every Overwatch, uh, Overwatch short. So well, I know what I'm doing like, tonight. Yeah, well, we're gonna take we're gonna take the originals and then we're gonna watch. The meme cut is <laughs> it's gonna be great. together. You got yourself your own Snyder cut. Yeah, there you go. I think my favorite ones. I can't. I didn't know that. I I didn't realize I liked the Soldier seventy six one as much as I did until like I went back and watched it. And it's just the utter badassery of of when he just pops up, just grunts and just he 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 full on Batman's it, which is fantastic for me. It's it's either that one or the Reinhardt one. Are my two favorites. Oh yeah, the the Ryan one gets me every time, and like we always reference to it too. It you know, um, if if I am called, I must answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, everybody does that when it's like, oh, are, are we queuing into Overwatch? Yep. All right. 
I want them to release more shorts. I think that would be a good holdover for us. Because, I mean, like, honestly, watching them again, like, having played Overwatch for as long as we have, and for me, having to focus on them a lot, the game a lot more, like, you watch the shorts and you recognize the music pieces that you hear in the game. It's like, okay, I remember this theme. Or, like, oh, okay, I, I know where this is in the map now. And it just it makes a lot more sense. So I've asked Sayuri this. I've asked, we asked Valency this. Like, why are people so invested in this game why do they like it so much and i think it's it's that the attention to detail in the world building honestly for me is is what really i got out of watching those shorts again it's 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 so immersive and it's so easy to fall in love with this universe yeah and i i totally agree i wish that we got a lot more of these and that's all i'm saying like if they were to do like a short um either like more of these shorts or to do like you know a, a netflix series mm-hmm. um a lot of people would enjoy it a lot more and we would be able to kind of take everything in again and dive right. deeper into this and i mean we, we already love the characters as is we just want to see you know more of it and give us more reasons to love them exactly or you could even go over like if you wanted to, it would be really cool to see, like, even the old uh, archives missions and see, like, where those, like, if you were to expand those out even more, like, what led up to um, Blackwatch being put onto this, uh, onto this case, like, um, what what led to you know Storm Rising and them finding out X, Y, and Z or Uprising and king's row and all that stuff so um we're, we're starting to get a lot more into king's row but we will figure out the rest of it uh, as we go through if you were to get another short in the meantime while we're waiting for overwatch 2 mm-hmm. and it's not zen because we know we all want zen like mm-hmm. who would it be because zen's 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 low fruit at this point yeah <laughs> he's the meme answer but aside from aside from zen and the characters we already have shorts for who would you want to see if we get Junker Queen, if we're leaning towards Junker Queen, I want one on Wrecking Ball back in Junker Town. I wanna, I wanna know, not like we know that he landed in Australia and he turned into like you know he built his robot and that's it. But I want to see the the uh, the arena fights where you have like you you go back in the day you see where like Junkrat and Roadhog are like watching these these bots duke it out and then you just see you know wrecking ball um and yeah you you could get an introduction into wrecking ball and junker queen and then just kind of have like what it's like for like hammond on his day both in the ring and out of the ring kind of like mm-hmm. um just to see you know the, what what is it like being a super intelligent hamster uh, who also destroys things for a living so it would be really interesting to see that. And I think I think you would get a lot of like really solid like lore pieces out of it. Not only you like the reason why Junkrat loves Hammond, but we also get to just see like what Hammond does besides being, you know, wrecking ball. See, that's that's actually something I hadn't con- I didn't think that for some reason it slipped my mind that Hammond would make a really awesome story. Um, my thoughts were immediately Tafara just because she used to be my main when I still flexed and played DPS. Um, but she already has the prose story on the website. So I think, I think maybe t- that takes her out of the running just for just a little bit. Cause she already has some lore. I was going to say hog and junk rat just because we, we know very little about how, they fit into the story of Overwatch aside from just living in the the Omnic destroyed Outback, but also because like a lot of these stories are, are super heavy. And I feel like while Roadhog is kind of more of a somber character, just we know a little bit about his backstory. I think Junkrat would be able to like lighten up that and we it could show how their interactions are together, maybe how they met up or maybe a heist that they did. And I think it'd be a really fun interaction in between them. 
we're supposed to be getting the Netflix adaptation of Overwatch sometime soon. What would you want to that series to be about? Like we can go, I mean, there, there's so much possibility here. You can go early Overwatch. You can go the fall of Overwatch. You can do the story of them regrouping, which is kind of leading into um, Overwatch 2. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a tough one because like, um, I feel like this the smartest piece would be to start early, early Overwatch and just see, you know, the missions that they get and slowly see them recruit certain people over time. Um, that way, when they get everybody together, um, we get to see them, you know, work together. We we start to like them a lot more, and then we get to see them fall apart. Um, mm-hmm. like I guess the best way I don't want to like this is this is really big like how can I say it? goals or like a comparison but like if Overwatch had a version that was kind of like the Clone Wars I would I would be down to watch that you would you would care for even the grunts like the the people who work under Soldier um and Farah and those guys and even though like most of the time like when we when we care about them they're just kind of like nameless grunts or whatever but you know over time you start to care it's just like okay well maybe maybe you find out that you know one of torbjorn's kids is like one of the one of the first to fall and that's the reason why you got called back or something like that uh you could start doing like crazy things like uh like getting more people in trouble and figuring out what kind of plot points you want to hit um I mean, Reinhardt already has like a wound of losing his losing his leader. Uh, maybe he he's just even more sad or more detached. We we would never know. So honestly, I wanted to start at the beginning of Overwatch when it's like created, mm-hmm. um, and then slowly just build up and then fall because that's what will get us get us like to where we are in Overwatch. Um, and if that does well enough, obviously do the one where it's the fall of overwatch and then the rebuild into into two um but yeah i feel like the the first one should start before even the first game just to give us you know the backstory and the camaraderie that it used to be um and the reason why like a lot of these people either work together or don't i like your idea of, of like going to the grunt stuff what i was you know how at the beginning you've seen um force awakens right yes so kind of like that thing how we start with the uh the stormtroopers and stuff and like it just keeps going with them we don't know who we're we're looking at within talent or something mm-hmm. we find out at the end that it is baptiste mm. something or, or or a new character or someone who like we honestly don't care about that much yet because he's not like fully integrated in the lore but that gives us more opportunities but i do like your idea of, of looking at things from like a grunt perspective yeah i think yeah baptiste would be a really good person to look at i would also say um you we could also look at mccree or genji as well because they had to go through black watch right right and yeah obviously if you're being recruited by reyes you're gonna be like you know (laughs) bottom of the barrel he's probably gonna put you through some weird stuff um you know you you have to work on your italian i i don't know uh but <laughs> Italian accent. Yeah. It, it'd be really interesting to see that, like that whole dynamic. But yeah, I Baptiste, you know, he flipped from from a talent to being, you know, technically just whatever, just being more of a health medic character. So um yeah, he would be a really good lens to look through. All right, so let's get into the actual news of the week now that we've killed a significant amount of time reminiscing on the good old days when they actually released lore content. Um, So we talked about it last week, the experimental update that they put on for uh, people to get ready for the Flash Ops tournament coming up. That is now live. Um, I guess a lot of people, well, I mean, it's not surprising that a lot of people didn't realize that this update is just for the duration of uh, the, the Flash Ops tournament and that they, as of now, have not announced plans to include these 
any time in the actual game because like as we've stated before if they put it on experimental typically it has gone through to the live game so a lot of people were very upset they're like oh my god you're ruining the game like what is this madness you just trying to mess with us at this point oh my god overwatch is such a good game they have to do stuff like this to to make it relevant again but um it's not actually going to be a live thing guys it's okay if you want to hear all those changes you can either listen to our, our last episode it's more towards the towards the like the three quarters mark or you could also just look online but i'd rather you listen to our episode but have you tried it kevin uh no i have not i i definitely want to i feel like there's a lot of things that you know it, it's going to be really different um but at the same time like i i want to do it with a team and all my friends right don't want to play. So, i feel like it's definitely going to be easier with a team just to queue up at the very least yeah um and i feel like everybody's got something that they're looking for too um mm-hmm. like it's not just oh like we're we're playing this just to see what what the team did but at the same time it's there's a lot of different ways to play the game just because of these changes and mm-hmm. um it is going to be a big switch a lot of people aren't going to be ready for it but um i do feel like it is a solid um solid piece and just to just to test it out and see how it works is going to be good um and it shows that at least Overwatch is listening to you know fellow streamers and you know pros and just seeing how it works. Um, I mean, we we said this, we say this every single time that we had like a major patch too. It's like um, they <laughs> you're like, oh, they they broke the game again. It's dive. <laughs> okay, that's not fun. Like, how am I supposed to play DPS when I can't even I can't even get like alive? I can't even stay alive. And then it's just like, oh, whoops. Okay, we fixed that. We fixed it. Okay, it's no more, no more dive. And they're like, "Whoops, we made goats. Whoops, uh oh, uh oh, oops, goats. Uh, oops, goats. Uh, oops, we we created brig. Up, uh, what what am I supposed to do now? Uh, and then they're like, okay, everything's good. We nerfed brig. We we, we fixed the game, and now it's like back to dive. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> now what? <laughs> We're back to square one. It's like, yeah." Yeah, every single time that there's like a major update, there will be, you know, shifts in the meta, there will be something different and um it's worth Overwatch like trying something like really extreme like this just to see, you know, reactions and you know, some people are going to like certain things and other people aren't. So um, people are obviously paying attention if they're taking the time to comment this. Maybe exactly. not as much attention as they could pay so they'd understand, but they're paying attention. Yeah, and it, it's at least causing a dialogue. Like, if right. people want to discuss it, they're they're gonna say like, oh, "Okay, I think that this is actually okay." Um, or like certain changes that are a lot bigger definitely are gonna get a lot more, uh, a lot more focus. But at the same time, I feel like there is, um, there's a potential for discussion and having that at least in a game where you know a lot of players are leaving is really important to keep the keep the community alive and also just make sure that people are interested in the game right it's funny that you mentioned goats because i was watching the latest john oliver segment and he has this he, he's talking about recycling and plastics and there's apparently this mascot in some town called totes my goats and it's this like horrifying man goat hybrid so oh no goats oh yeah we, we <laughs> Oops, goats, goats. It it it's not recycled material. It does not break down in the ocean. <laughs> uh it it doesn't break. It it just keeps yeah. going. I did get to try it a little bit. I I've been wanting to play the soldier uh update just because I want to see how much stronger he feels. Um I did not get to play it. Like I was I was trying to queue up and it's like less than 20 minutes. I'm like, oh okay, I'll just noodle around on my phone until the 20 minutes is up 45 minutes later. I'm still waiting. So I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to go, I'm going back to tank, but I did try the Zarya update. It's significantly, it makes Zarya feel a lot more viable just because you can reach people without having to stick your neck out too far with your bubble. So that's really good. I like the increase on Ryan shatter. It, it just gives you a half second more to get a little bit more damage and possibly finish somebody off. And 
Arisa definitely feels a lot more stable with the increase in her shield health. So if you play the experimental update, let us know how you feel. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, yeah. So moving forward, the Fleta Echo skin and the San Francisco Shock Hog skin are now live. Um, the San Francisco Shock Midas Roadhog skin is celebrating their win at the um, Overwatch League last year. They are the season two champion two years in a row. They've won. And the Fleta skin is the Angel and Demon skin. Angel and Demon, right? Or not Angel and Devil? Yeah, I think it's the Angel and Demons. Angel and, so it's the Angel and Demon skin. Um, it's celebrating Fleta getting MVP. The reason why, and they posted a video on this on their social media, um, the Overwatch League did. Um, but if you haven't seen it, so an explanation for the shock skin is that um, it's called Midas. If you don't know the story of King Midas, he was a, a king in ancient Greece who um, wished that everything he would touch would turn to gold um, and all the, the tragedy that ensued there. But for the shock, everything that they touch does seem to turn to gold. So that's a reference to their massive success um his head is on fire which is a reference to how their gameplay is always on fire and if you if you play the game you know that like when you're doing well your hero is on fire so that's a reference to that uh and he, he on his belly he's got two stars on it to just signify both of their wins um did i miss anything on that one kevin no i i think that was that right. was it but honestly, like they had another idea that was the um, San Francisco 49er skin. Um, if you don't under know what that means, it's in 1849, people came to San Francisco to look for gold. So I honestly think that might have been that would have been a concept that I might have liked a little bit better than King Midas. But I do like the Midas skin. I think it's a it's an interesting and funny um, way to to pay homage to their massive success in the league. Yeah, I I would I would have been fine with either of them as well. I think the Midas one, you know, it kind of nails down that the the Golden State kind of kind of thing as well. The the mantra. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I we live have in California. That. How did I forget that? It, it, it's fine. Uh, you 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 guys have the LA teams. We got the Golden State Warriors. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of hitting it. Um, it's more direct in that fact where with the Midas skin it leads also better with Roadhog considering that he is you know uh he he likes money so that's just that's yeah. just how it works yeah um the the 49er skin would have been really interesting though I feel like that one of would have been you know it, it's more tied into the history of California um if they went with it um and people yeah the 49ers are are not just of a uh, mediocre football team uh the mediocre is is being nice uh but yeah for the most part it is tied into our history as well and it would be really cool to see you know like a pickaxe hook uh for roadhog um it it would be kind of weird to hear him like maybe maybe in like an overall like jeans kind of thing uh that would be it'd be kind of weird to see uh but i i feel like the overwatch team would be able to pull something off like that um but yeah i'm glad that we got the midas skin it looks really nice too it's it's just out there so the next one that they released i didn't know that they were releasing this until they like someone leaked it the day before they made the announcement so um the fleta skin angel and demon um it's supposed to be a reference they asked fleta what kind of skin he would like to see and he said he would kind of like to see an, an angel and demon motif in whatever skin he had so the angel part is supposed to represent his personality he feels like he's a very soft-spoken um very modest quiet person but when he's playing he's just an absolute demon devil monster and we, i mean we've seen it and the reason why it's echo is because it's like we, we saw this when it was called the um the fleta challenge in the echo tournament but because Fleta is so dominant on whatever hero he can he's put on because he can play any hero um, that really fits into who Echo is because of course with the duplicate Echo can turn into any person. What really interests me about the the skin is is how they're able to 
to do that kind of that two-faced look to it with um especially on the face it's really cool um there's also the sun and moon kind of idea there that's just supposed to also represent represent duality i don't play echo because i don't play dps anymore and echo really is a hard hero to master but i'm i really want this skin i really like it yeah they did a really good job on the skin and i feel like it was because they had fleta kind of give his input as well you know like Immediately after, you know, Sinatra left, they couldn't really, like, go back to him and be like, "Oh, we we want to we want to work on this. Uh, what what do you want to see?" And you know, he's he's off doing his own thing. So uh, that one was just like alien skin slap patch on it, and now it's like remove patch from it, uh, remove remove skin, get tokens. Um, but yeah, um, Flood's skin actually looks really nice, and I have to give it to the to the creators here they they did a really good job of you know expressing that duality um on on the skin you know one wing is pure angelic the other one is you know pure demon and when it does come down to echo you know being that flex player um it is important to have that as you know the the actual character so um yeah i'm glad that people are uh liking this skin and definitely and same thing with the roadhog skin they just did a really good job this year of, yeah. of nailing down these uh, Overwatch League skins. So, Kevin, are you planning on picking up one, either of these skins, both of them? Um, and if you have to pick one, which one would you pick? Because I'm in the position where I have to pick one. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I don't. I don't do. I don't play Echo, but I like the skin a lot. But I do right? play Roadhog, so I. I think I have to pick up the Roadhog one first. You know, represent the Bay. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, the the Echo one just looks so nice. And I don't even play. I don't play Echo. I don't even know if I'll get around to playing Echo. Um, considering that most of my friends are DPS, so it's gonna be interesting. It's like for me, I, I I play Hog, but I also do like his his radioactive skin. That's the one I I always use. Mm-hmm. Um. But then again, like I again, I don't play Echo, so there's there's very little opportunity for me to use that skin. Ah, oh, but it's so good. And also, I already have a hog skin that I really like. And like I, as much as I like the shot, the the Midas skin, I for me it, it's not as cool as the radioactive skin, just because I like Halloweeny kind of things. So, oh, I'm torn. I'm very torn. All right, so another update or new cosmetic that they added in was this very strange Junkrat spray that, I mean, for a little bit, they didn't have an explanation as to why. Have you seen it, Kevin? Uh, no, I have not seen this. Look it up real quick. Type in Venomous Junkrat spray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a spray. That is quite the spray. Um. So it's called Venomous by Leon. Uh, and again, for a while, no one knew what it is. The, the dot esports article I'm looking at has the explanation says it resembles popular cartoons like Rick and Morty. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far as to describe it like that, but it's certainly yeah. very cartoony. Um, so the explanation behind this is Venomous was created by a huge Overwatch fan in Australia who suffers from a chronic illness. We won't be diving into further details out of respect for the family, but we wish Leon the best, according to an Overwatch spokesperson. That's what they said. So that we have an explanation as to why it's there. It was so fun. Like, it's, it's really weird. I, I like how weird it is. Yeah, this, this really gives me like, I feel like if you like the art of this, you would really like Worthy Kids. Um, Worthy Kids uh, or Worthy James Worthy, he does a lot of, he did like Big Top Burger um and stuff like that he just a very distinct style um very funny style of of all things so i would say yeah th- this venomous skin is really giving me worthy kid vibes and yeah i'm probably gonna pick this up all right so last thing before we move on to league related news um so i saw this article from wired which is called video game anxiety is real here's how to manage it um, I don't know if this is largely due to 
the world we're living in with the pandemic or just a natural progression where video games are just becoming a bigger cultural force, a, a place where people can try to become a pro and the pressure that comes along with that. But I guess, I guess video game anxiety is a very real thing that a lot of people are experiencing now. Um, even uh, in this article, Risa Williams is a licensed psychotherapist who is affirming that, yes, video game anxiety is a real thing. Um, and uh, according to this article, it can come from certain aspects like not being able to to beat something in a game where you're just stuck in this loop because you want to you really want to complete it. Like, as we know, a lot of gamers have that completionist desire to them um, and they want to hundred percent things. So they're stuck in this loop of not playing other games until they can get it. Um, or if you're playing a, a team-based game like Overwatch and you have a team, um, there's the pressure of not wanting to let your teammates down. Um, I'm get, I, it, it doesn't really mention it here, but, there's also that pressure if you are trying to become a pro that pressure of, of trying to always climb up the ranks and distinguish yourself as someone who is worthy of that recognition and is worthy of playing in the big leagues for all that money and that, that fame and that glory. What they're suggesting is, is not to give up video games. That's not, that's not going to help you. That's just going to make you kind of sadder because you don't have video games in your life. But some suggestions that they put in this article are to, to set smaller goals. It's like, instead of um, in games, we have like the markers, the checkpoints, the goals or, or whatever we're trying to accomplish. But instead of thinking of it in, in, in bigger, huge chunks of things to accomplish, like think of it in smaller terms. Like I've seen this as a study strategy instead of people trying to finish the chapter they'll they'll get to a certain point and reward themselves for that and the science according to this article behind that is that by setting smaller goals you're allowing your brain to increase its dopamine release because you have more opportunities to feel good about yourself another solution to help stem this anxiety is and this is an interesting concept to me because i came i i mean kevin you and i both came up when video games were supposed to be the way that we relieve stress um, this, this suggestion is find something calming to do before and after you play a video game. Um, I'm guessing this is not, this isn't talking about calming being games that are calming already, like animal crossing, but like games that you, you find yourself struggling with. So that concept is very interesting to me, but I can definitely see it, especially now that video games to some people are almost treated like a job. Like if you're a streamer or like I said, if you're trying to go pro, um, which I guess is one of the dangers that I always saw with esports and people is that the burnout, if you're turning something that you love into a job, then it becomes harder sometimes to really enjoy yourself. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like it does take a lot out of you, especially if you're playing it, especially a game like Overwatch, there is a lot of, like, I, I would say stress inside of the game itself. Not only, you, you mentioned, you know, letting your teammates down, um, playing with higher stakes, where, whether it's your SR or for, you know, prizes or cash or in tournaments. But, yeah, it, it does accumulate stress in that way. Um, and for the most part, like, everybody thinks, oh, the game should be chill and stuff like that uh and i feel like it's just a matter of balance like um for me the for me right now it's like i play a really hard competitive game my like chill calming game is something where it's like single player uh doesn't require like you know full team coordination um i can just kind of do my own thing and um relax for a bit so obviously right now it's like friday night funkin where it's like you know, DDR having fun kind of game. Um, Hades is another one that I use for stress relief. Um, single player. No, nobody could tell me that I'm doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> Snakey bus, which is, you know, Nokia snake, but you're a bus. Um, I mean, technically Hades is telling you that you're doing it wrong when you die. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, it's less like less pressure on like 
I guess, other people as well as yeah. yourself because you're just like, oh, okay, I'll just go back. I mean, you can like, just like be like, shut up, dad. I'm going to kill you in like the next run anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it's just been that and just chilling on like more relaxing games rather than um, having to, you know, worry about stress the entire time. And I feel like another part of it is being able to take breaks like um and to make the whole experience less stressful i feel like team building is also important being able to joke mm. in the middle of your games is actually really helpful um because when it comes to teams like the first team that i played on was absolute garbage i'm not gonna like not in terms of like environment but just in terms of like actually playing the game we weren't that great <laughs> yeah so it was nice that we actually had like a really tight team bond like our mm. our team like even if we got slapped by like an a team we're like all right uh we'll, we'll keep playing to the best of our advantage whatever man we'll we'll have fun and and we did we had fun and that's the reason why i know you know i'm still close with a lot of my teammates um and also because like especially if you're like down on something like if you're mentally like saying, Oh, we lost this game, it's over, or whatever, you can start like joking around and being like, All right, like we could we could have fun here at this point. Like we we might as well. So like if you're getting completely destroyed and you're just like, All right, you know what? The the meta right now may call for call for goats. We're running dive. We're gonna do it. Like <laughs> we we did that one time where it was just like, Oh, okay, we could we can play into goats or do something weird and we're like we're they they just like three owed us in like seven they have seven minutes on the clock like what are we gonna do <laughs> like we might as well just just go at it so yeah we we ran a full dive we happened to complete the map um again so i mean sometimes you just got to do weird things in order to keep yourself keep yourself afloat i mean that's the entire strategy of chengdu yeah exactly like <laughs> you do something completely like out there and they they don't know how to deal with it. They're like, oh, what is this? Who's playing diving goats? And then yeah, you're just on top of them, and you're you're playing you know counter goats. You're playing a, mm -hmm. a a floats meta. Yeah. See, for us on on the Zomnix, like we are we are in a minor league. Like we are playing competitively, but I mean, I think part of it's just because we're all like bronze to gold right now. Anyway, so like we don't really have any. And the fact that we're playing console as well, we have like no illusions of ever like really being pro. Like this for us is just a fun thing to do. So there's no pressure. Like we're the team that just is in it to have fun with it. And like, yes, we'd like to win. Yes, it's fun when we actually do win on the rare occasion, but like we're not taking this super seriously. So I don't feel like as a team, we have that that pressure and yes it sucks when we lose like when i'm playing by myself and I, i'm put on a bad team that's like not doing anything yes i'll get frustrated but it's like in the end of the day i'm realizing it's it's just a game like it, it it in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter as much to me as it might to some other people who like i mean we've all seen people who like will message random teammates afterwards and and say awful things to them which is terrible um but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever, I'm fortunate to have never had to experience that level of um, emotional investment and, and, and letdown and, and psychological pain from playing a video game. But um, coming from someone who, who has, you've played on the collegiate scene, Kevin, and like you're, I don't know if, if this would, if this anxiety applies to like being a caster, but like, did you ever feel anything similar to this when you were playing collegiately? Or like even just, as a coach, like the 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 uh, video game anxiety, like has it have you felt it as a coach and as a collegiate player? Oh yeah, for sure. Like as a collegiate player, the I feel like you you feel it even more because you were selected. I was selected out of the you know the the hundreds of people back then who tried out, and I am one of twelve to represent the school. Like that that level of pressure is is insane like mm. even even though we weren't great like it was it was a good like mental thing where you know that any day 
if you slip up, you could be replaced. Right. Like that that stress came in um quite often. And same thing with like the coaching staff wise, it wasn't as stressful, but I felt for my team. Um and that is that is an important thing to have as, you know, a coach, um, especially a player coach. You want to be able to understand their um their their mentality and what they're thinking of at that time. Um so whether it is um whether it is just something simple like um going down like one map or you know being on match point um during the final push it, it's a matter of being able to figure that out and walk your team through it um like just say hey guys i know it's stressful i know you know you guys are down by one just take it one play at a time remember x y or z um when you do go into the match um focus on this and if we just stick to the game plan, we should be good. Um, if things go off the rails, you know, just remember, have fun. We're, we're out there. We're out here playing for fun. Um, there's no there's no money on the line right now, obviously. Just just have fun. Just yeah. figure it out. Did you have a strategy to get yourself out of that anxiety and that funk when, when you recognize that you were in it? Um, yeah, and this, this happens a lot, um, especially in... I, when I played basketball, I, I had a, I wouldn't say a calming ritual. It's not like a Kaguya calming ritual, but it is something to like help you de-stress like mid-game. Um, mine for for Overwatch when I'm playing a game, um, when we take our five like in between you know matches or in between games, um, I have a playlist. I have a specific like playlist that i listen to that calms me down um mm-hmm. it, it's more of like it's literally like pokemon like gen 4 like lake theme root route 101 or route 201 and just like relaxing music and that just kind of puts me in a place where i'm just like okay i can i can relax for a sec i don't have to worry about it and then um the a minute before we're supposed to go on i play like a really hype anime opening I get my blood pumping again. So it's de-stress, then then like get hyped and then go out there and slap everyone. That's that's how that's how we operated. Um so yeah, it it was interesting. Music really helps me um also to keep my hands busy. Um I used to bring a Rubik's cube. Um I would solve that like in between matches. Uh stress balls help. Hmm, okay. Um Right now, um, I'm drawing in between my matches. So um, having like a notepad and just scribbling or doodling helps you. Um, it it just gets your mind off of the current game um, and allows you to just be like, okay, this next game, we're, it's like just coming straight out of warm-up. Just relax. Um, we're, we're out here. So um, obviously, it's going to be different for each person. So just, just figure out uh, how you want to go about it if you have anxiety or, or have any mental stress, like reach out to people, please don't, don't try to fight things all on your own. If you need help, please ask for it. Um, mental health is important and people care about you. Um, so moving on to league related things. Um, so the Boston uprising recently released a video um it's, I guess it's a weekly chat that they have a podcast thing. I didn't know they had it. I, I work on too many podcasts to be able to even listen to a lot of podcasts anymore. So um, it's called Spilling the Tea, which I didn't realize it until just now, but I thought like spilling the tea just as in like spilling tea is talking about stuff and, and sharing the inside scoop. But then I realized they're from Boston and then the Boston Tea Party and then they spilled the tea into the ocean. So that makes just so much sense. Um, but so this episode was hosted by Fusions and guested by Lemon Kiwi. And honestly, Fusions was a fantastic host. It's just very, very measured, very engaging, very entertaining. Again, I, I watched this at 1.5 speed because that is what I have to do in life now to make time for everything. But like even at 1.5 speed, he was still very good. And Lemon Kiwi came in, like, uh, talked about herself. Her She answered some questions from fans. Um, she st- talked about how she got her name. So um, go on the Boston Uprising YouTube page if you'd like to 
see that and it's 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 24 minutes and it's it's really fun actually i really liked watching it but re- what really interested me is that it's called why supporting contenders is important and i wanted to get their take on this um and it it lemon kiwi brought up something that like i didn't really consider before it's that contenders is, is often very ignored just because it's not as flashy and there's not as much money as the overwatch league proper um doesn't get as much coverage it's like the minor leagues for the NBA, like Kevin, do you pay attention to the minor leagues or do you know many people who really pay attention to the minor leagues of the NBA? Uh, not a lot. I only catch whatever games are on Twitch. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's not as you don't have as much investment in it, right? Yeah. It, it there. If you, it, it's same thing. Like it's there. If you want to be really invested in the, the true league and like how, like to know, players before they get called up um that's a little bit of like a pride thing especially as a spectator you're like oh i remember that guy from Mm -hmm. from the g league he did really well and now he's up here and he's doing really good so like you have that little bit of bragging right but also it's just cool to see them develop Mm -hmm. but yeah for the most part not a lot of people pay attention to that and so it's more like for the hardcore fans and the industry people right yes so i mean that's how that's how it is I guess in every sport, including the Overwatch League. Um, but what Lemon Kiwi's point was is that for a lot of kids, like, and their families, this is their first exposure into what professional esports can be. And esports is still a very, very new industry. A lot of people don't really understand it yet. They're not as willing to accept it as traditional sports are. Like, um, compare getting an esports scholarship to getting a basketball or a football scholarship or even a baseball scholarship to a college like doesn't really like even to me it doesn't have the same ring to it you know um but so for for lemon kiwi's point it's that aside from these kids getting their first taste and understanding what this world is and also the money that is that you can earn from playing in contenders and, and smaller leagues it's that it allows the kids parents to slowly warm up to the concept of their kid being in esports um it's a warm-up that shows yes this is a career yes this is a sport yes this is competitive yes there is money behind this and and yes this is something that my kid has talent in and can do so that's an that's actually something that i hadn't really ever put as much thought to in in why supporting t2 is important it's because it, it helps grow the industry in beyond just having players. It allows it to become a more accepted part of, of what sports can be and is. I know that this is the first time for a lot of uh, players to really prove to their parents that this is something. Um, it, it took my parents a while too. Um, it It is something that's hard to hard to articulate. Like they think that oh mm-hmm. well video games are just something that's for fun, um, but the second that they understand okay well this is like you had to I had to explain it to them in you know sports terms saying like this maybe this is like a baseball or basketball club essentially, um, but we are out here competing on a national level, so we have to we have jerseys well I I never got my jersey <laughs> but. Yeah, we we have our we have our stuff. We know what we're doing. We're playing for prize money for our school or ourselves, um, and just trying to explain that to them. Um, at first, it was difficult, but once they started seeing, like, oh, okay, you're in the school newspaper. Ah, uh, there's there's a reason for this. Um, they they start really believing, and I feel like when it comes to you know the Overwatch League and and explaining to them, you know, contenders, you're playing for a team that's willing to give you a contract. You show them you show them that money and then they'll be like, oh, "Okay, like we understand now." It's always money and press coverage that legitimizes things to people. Yeah. Like it, it makes sense. Like it's it's putting it out in a platform that people are like willing to invest like time and effort and money into it. So like I can see how that is, but so it really took you being in the school newspaper for them to finally get behind your career. I I feel like it was it was a mix of that and casting and being able to show them uh-huh. like hey i'm on tv with a question mark obviously <laughs> uh like i was 
you know, on, on a Twitch stream with a couple thousand people watching. So at that point, they're like, oh, okay, they actually, they actually care about this. Like, this is pretty cool. But other than that, it's kind of difficult to, to put it all down on something, you know? Right, right. So, Kevin, do you have any, like, other random things that I might not have thought of? Like, any other reasons why it's, it's aside from, like, supporting, like, keeping the scene going, um, any other considerations that I might not have thought of as to why T2 is so essential to keeping esports and the Overwatch League going? Besides the future of the league, I I think that it's good for players to understand like how teams want to operate um like day-to-day potential uh if they are in like a gaming house or something like that or um you know what what teams can expect from them um and if you are you know if you're an up-and-coming person as well you want to know how you want to play like these guys are literally just below the people in the overwatch league like these guys are the next generation. If you don't pay attention to them, you might not know what's coming into the league next. Um, and that's a scary thing sometimes where you're just like, you, you have no idea and you just have to go off of like what a player is like. But at the same time, like it can surprise you. I mean, nobody expected the Chengdu Hunters to be pulling out weird stuff like this, right? Like, right, right. Uh, when, when I was watching them, or my friends were watching them in Chinese contenders. They're like, "Why isn't anybody running ball? Why isn't what? Why are people running wrecking ball? Is there is there a thing?" And then you know that team got picked up by the Chengdu Hunters, and now everybody's like, "Uh, what? Why is there a ball in my game? <laughs> what? Who who invited this?" And I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, it's just being able to take that risk and have fun with it. Um. It's something that you can do down in contenders and kind of make your name off of. So, Kevin, you have some more league news for us. Uh, yeah. When it comes down to, uh, to some other things, there there have been a couple moves. Um, the first one, I feel like it's just a little bit uh, of a funny piece. Um, McGravy had a Twitter video of him uh, holding up his old L.A. Valiant jersey, and he hears all the commentators, you know, behind him. Um, and he he's just like McGravy with a huge hit, and then you just see him, and he he just drops it, and he's now wearing you know SF shot gear, and he's like, this is, this is no longer the Valiant I know, and so yeah, it he he's officially made it. He's he's saying like, yeah, I can't I can't support this because this isn't my team anymore. Uh he moved it, to the he moved to tier two though, right? He's in a contender. He scene. did. Yes. Um. So he's still playing in contenders, um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of sad that you know he's he's out here reminiscing of his good old Valiant days. He was technically going to be signed to them, and then you know they 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 dropped the whole thing. So he's just like, yeah, we're 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 done. We're done here. Uh, so that that was a little bit of a fun thing. And then speaking of the San Francisco Shock, um, Ons, uh, from the SF Shock has moved over to the Valorant scene um for t1 esports um he is not on the roster um but he is a reserve and helping out the main team scrim against them um another notable person on t1 esports is a uh, saya player uh saya player is on that team saya was um, florida right yeah he was on on the florida mayhem he's changed his name to spider um for valorant um, but he is there. Uh, so him and Ons being on the same team, it's got a little bit more Overwatch blood in the mix. Um, but yeah, I, I would have to say, you know, Overwatch players are, are no longer being scoffed at uh, after a solid run out by FaZe Clan. Um, even even though Sentinels did really well, that's all CSGO peeps, but it's uh, they, they at least gave them a run for their money. One question I have is, is so Sia player, like you said, he just he rebranded to Spider, um, Dogman rebranded to Dustin, and mm. McGravy used to be KSM, right? Yes. So, is what do you? Th- I I don't know very much about like 
the business side or like the player side of, of rebranding like that but like mm-hmm. what what is the benefit of any of rebranding like that because like coming in to, you you've already built up your fan base mm-hmm. with the last esport you were in like had you told me spider i would not have known that it was Saya player yeah um i mean at least with like if, if you're still in the same esport you can kind of get away with it. Like we we were able to figure out, okay, KSM is actually McGravy. He's still the same guy. He just changed his name. But like with Saya players switching between sports and then changing it to Spider, it's it doesn't seem very intuitive to me. Cause then I feel like you've you've lost that name recognition and that branding you already had. Yeah. It's kind of a weird change. I mean, um it depends on the person themselves like i've rebranded a couple times personally um because my name was literally insane to say out loud so um <laughs> yeah so the the first part is to either get a fresh start for for Saya player i feel like it was just like okay new game new name let's just play under this let's start this we don't like maybe he he wasn't happy about his time in the league or maybe he just didn't feel like a lot of people followed him for his name. So being able to just create a different persona in that fact could help him. Um, for for McGravy, I felt or like Dustin, you know, it, that that just seems like well, we're just gonna use our name. It's it's fine. Uh, like it, it's a little bit closer to home, and it's something that you could all live off of. Um, but yeah, my mine used to be. Uh, KJHT33, and that is insane. Nobody's going to say that. So a lot of my teammates used to just call me KJ, and a lot of my teammates still call me KJ, um, even though I've rebranded to uh, Kanashi. That is my go-to now. It's it's easier to say, and it's not like, you know, a bunch of consonants. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it really depends. I feel like some players just want a fresh start, want to want something new. Um, other players might just feel like that name that they used to have doesn't really work for them. When you rebranded, did you was there any like difficulties that you had? Um, I feel like the first part is changing your name in game. Uh, mm-hmm. when for for Overwatch, you only get one of those yeah. tickets, so you you get to rename yourself once. Um, I would say that especially if you're going down the route of trying to get everything together, um, it's a matter of optimization through, uh, through social media. So, uh, I did not check if Kanashi GG was taken on Twitter. Um, apparently it is. So I had to do Kanashi underscore GG. And that's the only one that has an underscore in it. Like my huh. Twitch is fine. My, uh, you know, my actual game name is fine. Uh, Valorant is fine. Like X, Y, and Z. Like all that is perfectly fine. But when it comes down to, you know, uh, changing your name, like I don't know if Saya Player changes his name on Twitter to uh, to Spider, right? Like I, I don't know if that was if that was available. Uh, there's just a bunch of just like little things like that. If you are trying to fully rebrand, um, you also have to buy like new assets and stuff like that. So uh, that it gets a little expensive unless you draw your own, which I mean, some people do draw their own and it looks it, it's endearing. It's it's not perfect. It's funny. Um, so, yeah, it, we'll see. See if teams get that all up and running. Um, but. Yeah, when it comes to rebranding, it it's for me it's more of a personal thing being able to like put on a different mask when I do it. Um versus like, oh, I'm changing it just for the sake of changing it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think have we hit everything that we wanted to talk about today? I think that is everything that's in the in the agenda that we were supposed to hit. Um Overall, like, yeah, Overwatch news, there's going to be the skins if you want to get the skins. If you miss out on the Roadhog skin like me, uh, don't worry. Uh, it, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get a single win. I played for like three <laughs> hours. 
and I couldn't get a single win. And I was just like, all right, I can't, I can't do this. I'm so mentally boomed. So yeah, it just, it just never happened. Um, other than that, yeah, have fun. Uh, make sure to keep playing the game, stay updated. And remember the league comes back in three weeks. Oh my God. It's already three weeks. Wow. All right. Also, since league only comes back in three weeks, the San Francisco shock skin and the, uh, echo skin for Fleta will be gone by the time that the league comes back. So you won't be able to earn tokens that way. If you want those skins and you don't have the available tokens, you're going to have to buy the overwatch league tokens. So just something to keep in mind. Um, Thanks, guys, for tuning in with us this week, and we will be back at you next week. Have a great week, and uh, hopefully you play some non-anxiety-inducing video games. Adios. Next week, we'll bring you gaming and Overwatch news from across the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.